Hey, and welcome to another episode of You Won't Believe It. Today, I'm joined by Bob Minhas. And uh, Bob, would you like to introduce yourself a little bit? Hey, everybody. I'm Bob. Uh, I'm really glad to be here. Thank you for hosting. Um, a little bit about me, so I don't give too much away, is uh, I've, uh, I'm an entrepreneur. I've been so for 17 years. I live in the wonderfully, mostly cold climate of Canada. And uh, I have an epiphany or an epiphany, uh, I have a crush, let's say, on candles and brownies, sometimes not necessarily in a particular order. So that's a little bit about me. Oh, very cool. Cool. Thank you. Um, Yeah. And uh, so today we're going to be doing the uh, two truths and a lie format. So we're going to hear three things and one of them is not true. So uh, Mm. could we could we hear the facts now? So, okay, so I'm going to deliver two truths and a lie. Is that what we're going to do right now? Yes. I'm ready. Okay, so let me start with, um, there was a time in my life when I was actually homeless. I had nowhere to live, uh, and I actually spent, uh, I'd say, four weeks living in a storage unit. That's one. Number two, I was actually blessed in my younger, skinnier years to be a part of the Olympics. So I was actually in the Olympics, and I performed in uh, track and field. Um, so that was an amazing experience for me to represent Canada. And uh, in my later life, uh, during my entrepreneurial venture, I actually was featured on HGTV, uh, actually multiple shows. Uh, I've worked with Mike Holmes and Brian Baumler. So I've done uh, quite a bit of home and garden TV work uh, as a, a security expert there. So one, two, three. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> I want all of these to be true. <laughs> I think, I think so many. I think my mom would as well. This <laughs> would be really fun. Okay. Okay. All right. So, yeah. um, let's uh, let's let's go with the Olympics. Okay. Uh, so, uh, what? Which which Olympic? Which Olympiad? Oh, there we go. That's the word. Which Olympiad would that be? Yeah, uh, it was actually the um, 2006 Winter Games. We okay. were hosted here in Vancouver. Sorry, here. I'm actually in Toronto. It was hosted in Vancouver. So I actually flew over to Vancouver um, and participated there. Of course, there was a couple years of training, well, many more than two, but there was a couple years of training before then. So I actually got to visit Vancouver like three or four different times before the actual Olympics. So it was really neat. And if you've ever seen the Olympics on TV, what happens is as an athlete, we stay in a village, if you will, with all the other athletes. So uh, I'd been there four times over. And of course, Canada was my home country. And there were a lot of other Canadian athletes as well. But I made friends with a lot of other athletes from the US, from Germany. And uh, it was really interesting to give them sort of a tour of a part of Canada I've only been to four times. So it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. What was the uh, what was the event that you were in? It was track and field. So in the Winter Olympiad, we have outdoor, which is mostly winter stuff, as you can imagine. But they're actually indoor games as well. And the funny thing about it is they don't get as much TV coverage as the outdoor games, right? Mm. The outdoor winter games, that it's very dramatic. The indoor winter games for track and field, not so much. So I was a part of the four-person relay. So I had three other people on my team. And I was the second, so I wasn't a superstar, but I was the second uh, pole vaulter, uh, not vaulter, but took the pole and ran. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, I, you know, I was just 18 at the time. It was a completely new experience for me. And um, the, the interesting story, the four other, the three other athletes I competed with, we only knew each other for a year before the games. So I had always already been training in track and field but I didn't have a team. And then so what happened was my coach actually had uh, connections with other Olympiad coaches. So our team was actually all from different parts of Canada. So I was from Toronto. 
one of our teammates, uh, the one who ran fourth was in Vancouver. And I think it was a political decision because when we won, they wanted the Vancouver right to be like, yeah. <laughs> uh, third in the race was um, Steve from Alberta. And then we actually had a, a performer, uh, an athlete from Newfoundland. So we had one person from every part of Canada performing, which is unheard of. Generally, teams perform together and practice together. But because, uh, again, it sounds so crass, but because the indoor uh, events aren't as well covered, mm -hmm. you know, I don't think there's as much focus or stress on it. So it was really cool. It was a really interesting experience. Um, it was a lot of hard work. And the other funny thing about being an athlete in the Olympics is it doesn't, it's not like it pays. So, you know, when I was 18, I had a single mom. My mom had to support a lot of my costs to go. Uh, the other athletes all had two parents, but of course, you know, it's it's quite an investment to have to go perform and train. And, you know, you're it's no different than hockey, right? You're constantly, constantly um, having to buy the right food and having to be part of the right gyms. But it was an amazing experience. We didn't place, unfortunately. Mm. We didn't place. That's going to be the okay. next question. <laughs> <laughs> no, we didn't place, unfortunately. But, you know, again, when you're part of that experience, you it, that alone is completely worthwhile. Like that alone to have on my LinkedIn is huge. Oh, very cool. Uh, yeah. Hmm. Okay. So um, tell me a little bit about uh, HGTV and yeah, how you ended that, up on that. That was a lot of fun. So it, later in my chubbier years, as I had my entrepreneurial venture <laughs> and lost my track and field body. Um, uh, so what had happened was I had this business where I would install audio, video, and security into homes, custom homes, larger homes, mostly in Toronto. And what had happened was, this was about 2012, sorry, this was later. So in 2012, uh, the recession hit in 2008, so the building community or the construction community was just coming back. So HGTV was starting to get more popular because more people were getting into you know these crazy homes. So I ended up, I started with Homes on Homes. So I ended up sending, back then we still had email, I ended up mm -hmm. sending an email to one of the producers on Homes on Homes. And I'd said, hey... Uh, I love your show and I love what you do, but I noticed that a lot of times Mike talks about the foundation of a home, right? The elements behind the wall, but doesn't actually talk about the features that are done after. So when you buy a home, usually when you add TV or security, it's after the fact. And so a lot of gentlemen in my industry back then weren't doing the make it right sort of methodology. They weren't following code. They were trying to do it really easy. So anyway, I sent this whole thing in and it, she ended up reaching back. It was a general email to the producers. She ended up reaching back and saying, hey, uh, love this idea. If you're interested, we're doing a special episode. And so Mike was building uh, a home that was all concrete because the idea was he wanted to build a sustainable home. So back then that was all concrete. So they said, so the challenge will be is there's no drywall really for you to fish. So we love to bring you in to run wires and cables um, in a concrete home. So if you think about it, you can't really do wireless. Um, you know, you, you really got to be mindful of where the cables are to make sure they're safe and hidden. And we had to work alongside the electricians. So, of course, the electricians were running their cables as well. So, uh, so I said, yeah, I'd do it. I always say yes. Back then, I would always say yes before I actually thought about what I was doing. Um, so I ended up going and doing the home uh, with one of my techs. Uh, and it took us, uh, we probably went back there seven times. So just to put that into reference, like just to put that into context, I should say. Typically, when you do a home, it's one and done. You go, you wire, you install, and you leave. It's unheard of to go back seven times. But the challenge was, is every time we went there, we were dealing with a lot of barriers and challenges. So anyway, um, it, it, it was quite a, an interesting experience because it made me a better tech because I had to figure out all these different ways of working 
uh, around uh, what I was normally used to. So it was quite the experience. So I did that. Uh, the show aired. And then I ended up getting a call from a few other producers. So the interesting thing back then about HGTV is all the producers tend to move around. So, you, mm -hmm. you know, nowadays you might have a producer for a show. Back then, HGTV, I think the shows weren't making a ton of money as yet. So producers would move around to other HGTV <laughs> shows. So that same producer was on another show and called me and said, hey, we're doing an audio video for a basement. It's a makeover for uh, whatever. Do you want in? I'm like, yeah, I'll totally do it. So again, did that. That one was uh, a full day experience for that one was the designer guys. So that show uh, used to be two gentlemen who would run it. They had retired. And so this was the new season of three new gentlemen who had taken it over. So it was sort of their pilot season of coming back. Uh, so I was like, sure, I'll do it. Did the show. Great experience. Uh, didn't get on. My hands got on. But not <laughs> so that was unfortunate. Uh, so again, uh, from there, led to uh, an opportunity with Brian Baumler. He asked me to help him with his private client. So Brian Baumler had his own TV show. Um, but he actually had uh, his own series of private clients that he did. So he said, hey, we're looking for a contractor. Actually, I shouldn't say Brian Baumler. It was his head of contracting that contacted me. Uh, but when I came out, I got to meet Brian because I guess he wanted to approve anyone working the site. Did that. So that was a lot of fun. And then finally, uh, the producer from Scott uh, from Income Properties uh, dropped me an email and said, hey, we, we do this show. It's about creating income suites. We need somebody that can install security systems that are the same but different, meaning that the person upstairs didn't have to have a separate security system downstairs. So it, it was interesting because it was easy to wire. That was more working with the manufacturer to figure out how to make this work. Um, but we did it again. And a great that one, he featured me three times. In fact, there's still a webisode floating around of my chubby butt on there. <laughs> uh, so I, I certainly loved it. It was a great experience. Um, but I actually ended up moving quite far away from Toronto and haven't been back to HGTV since. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, but do, so do your uh, hands and your butt have an uh, IMDB uh, entry now or my, did it? My hands do, apparently I wasn't allowed for my butt. That was a different <laughs> website. <laughs> I was like, I don't really want to have my name on the back. <laughs> Unfortunately. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. So uh, just uh, touching on the last one a little bit. So um, you were homeless for a while. How did that happen? Yeah, for about uh, 15 months. So after when I got separated or divorced, uh, I grew up with divorced parents, as did my ex-wife. So we were always in agreement that we never wanted the kids to experience this whole back and forth, right? Mm -hmm. And quite frankly, at the time, although I had the business, which was on HGTV, it wasn't like we were earning millions of dollars. Um, at the time, my ex-wife was a stay-at-home mom. So I elected to leave the house to her and the kids and decided to go out on my own. Of course, a lot of it was arrogance. I was like, I'm this HDD for personality. I can do anything I want. So I was this arrogant jerk who's like, I'll find more money and make it. Anyway, after a few months, I realized I was more arrogant than I was good. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I'd been uh, spending time uh, on, you know, couches and crashing on couches here and there. There were a couple of days when I ended up not finding a place and I ended up having to stay in my car. So if you've ever done a Canadian winter, that's no fun. <laughs> then I had this brilliant idea where I was like, I wonder if I could like rent out a storage unit and stay in a storage unit because I wasn't making enough money to pay for the kids and me. Mm. Like everything I was earning had to go back to the bills that were already there. So I didn't make enough at the end of the month. So I was like, yeah, I could afford a storage unit. You know, I could set up in there. And so I ended up. <laughs> Uh, actually doing that, getting a storage unit, moving my stuff in, and I'd go late at night, check in. Nobody was there, obviously. Uh, crash on a blow-up couch that I had <laughs> inside the unit. 
Uh, and then in the morning, about 6 a.m., get up and leave before any of the staff would come in. And I thought I was doing pretty good, right? I was, you know, it was a nice, warm environment, pretty safe. Uh, until one day I got a call from the owner of the unit. What I forgot to forecast was uh, the security cameras. Oh. <laughs> the fact that they're, uh, they're, you know, occasionally they're getting alerts. Hey, someone's, you know, leaving the unit at 6 a.m., but they checked in at 9 p.m. <laughs> right. Like, what are you doing in your unit for that long? So anyway, uh, so that didn't last long. But it was, um, it was a good 15 months of experience. And then I ended up getting an amazing opportunity working for our government out here. And uh, I remember starting on the Monday. And on the Thursday, I got my first paycheck. I immediately went to go rent a room. I couldn't even afford a house. So I rented a room uh, sharing with three other four other college kids, which (laughs) as an adult was quite uh, humbling. Uh, And then I just kept building out of there every time, just working and working to get out of it. So I I can honestly say I've, I've never had to experience that again, which is great. That, wasn't it cold, like staying in a storage unit, or like was there? No, they're heated. They're temper. See, that's the thing. Really, right? because they're uh, temperature controlled. Because the way a storage unit is, is there's outdoor units and indoor units. I rented an indoor unit, so the indoor unit is temperature controlled. So there's always at a certain temperature because people put their furniture, their art, they put very personal things in there. Oh, okay. So you pay extra to have a temperature control. I was going to say like sleeping outdoors in like a concrete thing in Canada, like you probably yeah. wouldn't have survived that. No, those outdoor units I didn't touch. It was all indoor units, right? So it was very comfortable. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> you would think it wouldn't be, but I was like, mm, it wasn't bad. It was like camping. <laughs> camping in a steel tent. So um, how, uh, and you, uh, when, when you, when, once you were caught, like where, where were yeah. you staying between like being caught and, uh, getting your room i was again crashing with friends staying with friends back in the car it was uh, a constant struggle to you know find somewhere to stay i you know i realized after my divorce i didn't have a lot of real friends and being an arrogant person it's hard to make new friends so <laughs> uh it was that you know back and forth cycle until i realized i have to stop doing this like i it was really awakening can you imagine 12 months of stubbornness to realize i'm not the hero in my head I thought I was and really humble myself and, and work on myself. So, you know, and of course at that time going through divorce, trying to establish a new norm with my kids, it was, it was a tough time mentally for sure. Oh, wow. (laughs) So, Hmm. Mm -hmm. So let me see here. All right. I, I think I have it. I think I have it. Yeah. 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 All right. All right. So, um, I'm going to, so starting with the, HGTV thing. Um, yes, I think it sounds like I, I know nothing about construction or building or <laughs> homes or gardens or houses or anything like that. But um, it sounds like you know enough details about that world that you're at least familiar with that world enough that I'm gonna say that that probably happened. That you probably were doing things on HGTV. Um, the uh, uh, being homeless for a couple of weeks, uh, or the the for, <laughs> not, for year, no, yeah. not not for a couple of weeks. Sorry, for the, the being homeless for several months. Uh, that also, it. I'm not a hundred percent certain on this one, but I feel like that sounds true because it connects a little bit to the HGTV story. So I feel like I'm like ninety five percent certain that that one's true, and the Olympics, I. I can't, I can't imagine there being track and field in the winter. It just, it feels like 
feels like it, it feels like it, <laughs> it feels like it would um so, so i'm gonna say that you were homeless uh you were on hgtv but you were not in the olympics how did i do i suck at this game that's it yeah. got it uh... <laughs> I should have developed a better story. <laughs> but that's all I know about the Olympics. I'm like, yeah, there might be indoor events. Yeah, I, I, I think if you went with curling, I would have been like, oh, he, ah. he's from Canada. He did curling. Yes, I'd be like, okay, that, that like, I wouldn't have even, I probably wouldn't have even questioned that. I'd be like, oh, you know. Yeah, that's good advice. I will keep that in mind. <laughs> Tell true truths on a lie. That was really good. You got me right on. Awesome. That was, um, that was really cool. Um, yeah, I like to think I'm a good storyteller, but man, you saw right through that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was um, the. I mean, it was. It, it sounded really cool. I was like, "Ooh, I really hope that that like that, that happened." But yeah. <laughs> well, I thought if I added the indoor element, that would make it real because it's like, who would say they did indoor track and field at a winter Olympic? That's gotta be true, <laughs> right? Because that's too asinine a lie. <laughs> It's, it's like it's a little true. too much. Yeah, no, uh, I was I, I was just thinking. I was like I was like, okay, the the year and like the I, I did did it happen in Vancouver or was that I have no idea. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I know they had an Olympic at some point. I just don't know when it was. <laughs> yeah, cuz I I'm like I'm pretty sure about the summer ones, but the winter ones I'm like uh like Yeah, that I, that was my hope <laughs> that nobody knows the winter. No one pays attention. Yeah, I was just like, okay, so the event just it I was like the event didn't feel right and the like the team didn't feel right. I was like, okay, there's like there's a couple of weird spikes Man. in this one. But yeah, it was really cool. Uh yeah, thank you. Uh <laughs> thank you that so much fun. for 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 sharing. And um if people want to find you or get in contact with you, what should they like find in social media? Yeah, so definitely don't look me up to tell lies. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, I'm not that good. Um, but most people can find me on LinkedIn by my name, Bob Minhas, and M-I-N-H-A-S. And uh, my thing is I love connecting with business owners who are just trying to figure out how to position themselves as experts, except expert liars. But if they're really <laughs> trying to position themselves as expert in their business, that's what I love talking to people about. That's my jam. I get sweaty about talking about. So LinkedIn is the best place to connect with. Awesome. And so and when they do, please ask them, like, if, if you, for everyone listening, please, in the notes, tell me you heard me on this podcast, because I'd love to know how many of you uh, uh, believed uh, which of the lies you believed or truths you believed. Awesome. Hopefully, uh, yeah, we'll see how the uh, listeners have done. And um, yeah, hope to talk to you again soon. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks.